Welcome back into the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast. Tanner Dimling here with y'all as always. Coming to y'all here from Louisville, Kentucky. Here on Thursday afternoon. Week 7 of the college lacrosse season is in the near distance. Getting underway there on Saturday. Have some big games once more on Saturday as well as two games on Sunday. The Big Ten begins conference play this weekend. We've got more uh, big-time games in the Ivy League and arguably the best game of the year, the most important game of the year coming in the ACC as Virginia and Notre Dame will go head-to-head there in South Bend on Saturday at High Noon, before we get into all of the action ahead of us this weekend, do want to um, first and foremost look at kind of what we've seen here so far. So we are, uh, as of yesterday, I believe it was, 49 days away from, uh, so 48 days away today from Selection Sunday. Um, We are at the midpoint of the College across season, excuse me, uh, yeah, 48 days away from the selection Sunday, I believe it is today. So we are uh, really at basically the midpoint of the season at this time. Now, midpoint for some teams, past it for other teams, but, uh, you know, in general, this is the midpoint of the season right here last week of March. And I want to go over a little bit of some midweek kind of superlatives, whatever you want to call it, excuse me, midseason superlatives or whatever you want to call it here to, on today's show. Um, want to first look at some top freshmen, and you can look at lacrossebucket.com. Uh, we have an article up, top freshmen from 2023 at the midseason point, uh, looking at some of those top playmakers there uh, that are freshmen who have shined thus far. Uh, so I want to look at a couple of those here right now. Um, the, 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 the biggest thing I think that stands out for me and for a lot of it, when you look at this freshman class, I don't feel like there's maybe as many um, at certain positions as we saw last year. The face-off guy I, I don't think is as strong at, uh, in, among the freshman class coming in and making that immediate impact that we saw from guys last season. Defense, maybe a little bit um, as well. Richard Checo, obviously for Lehigh. Alex Ross for Penn State, two of the top defensemen there. Um, and another big takeaway here is Syracuse. So Joey Spolina is you know by far the most impactful freshman this season so far. The number one recruit has lived up to the hype. He has amassed 40 points, 23 goals. 17 assists thus far. He's been phenomenal. Uh, we've seen highlight real plays from him. We've seen him step up and, and help lead the Syracuse team. It has been phenomenal to watch him play there. Another freshman for the Orange who's also stepped up is Finn Thompson, uh, the, the, the other attackman there that's been getting a lot of run as a freshman this season. He has 12 goals, 11 assists on the year. Uh, he's been phenomenal. I think the, the the freshman class here that you see seen from Syracuse, there was a lot expected from them 
this season. Um, you've seen a lot of growth from them this season. And Spolina and Thompson are certainly two of the top playmakers there among that freshman class, and certainly so on the offensive end that have helped this Orange team uh, to a better season this year than last and have helped them grow as this year has gone on. Another player that, that has multiple players on this list here is Dartmouth. So Emmett Paradine, the uh, freshman midfielder, has been phenomenal. Dartmouth's off to a 5-1 and one start. Paradine's been a huge part of that offense. He has 14 goals and 6 assists thus far. He has a couple of really big games. Uh, the seven goal game was it seven goals or six goals? He had a had a you know eight eight nine point outing there against Hobart uh, about a week or so ago, and he's been phenomenal there for Dartmouth, helping to lead that team to uh, a really fantastic start uh, for the Big Green, and they enter Ivy League play this weekend. Max Latour, uh, a, a strong LSM, um, another year, another. Very strong freshman defenseman there for Dartmouth. Uh, Latour has been dominant this season uh, there for the Big Green. He leads the team and caused turnovers with eight. He also has collected nine ground balls and has an assist for this season. He's been all over the field there on the defensive end. So Syracuse, Dartmouth, really the two programs I think stand out to me right now in terms of they've had a ton of players um, freshmen step up so far, uh, made the most amount of freshmen step up so far and really have these big days. Um, one part that we haven't mentioned a ton on this show yet, now we haven't talked about Bryant a lot, but they do have a, a freshman right now in Johnny Hackett who has uh, been playing absolutely out of his mind here for Brad Ross. Uh, he has 21 goals, six assists so far, uh, as one of the leading figures of that Bulldogs office, offense. His brother, Tommy Hackett, is also on the team. The pair have been phenomenal this season. Johnny Hackett had, uh, was it a, a seven-goal game? I believe it was over the weekend. Uh, he's been phenomenal for this Bulldogs squad as they you know rebuild this season uh, under Brad Ross, or you know, rebuild, if you will, air quotes there. Um, un, uh, under Brad Ross and look to continue their success here in the America East. Um, Matthew Minicus, another guy, want to mention there out of Loyola. He has been a guy who's been interesting to follow this season. So he started the year um, pretty solid, but wasn't like stellar. And he had some mistakes. The Hopkins game, I think certainly you could see some mistakes that he made there, some turnovers that he had. But he's he's put it all together here um, over the past month or so and has really turned into a, a, a great impact player helping to lead that Loyola offense. And uh, right now he currently has, for his stats here, he currently has, uh, what is that? Yes, a team high. 21 goals, also also dishing out four assists, 25 points in the season, turned into a great off-ball player here for uh, the Greyhounds, great goal scorer there. Uh, Richard Checo for Lehigh. If you've not seen Lehigh play this year, have not watched, watched with Richard Checo, uh, really encourage you to do so. A phenomenal playmaker here 
right out of the gates as a freshman for the Mountain Hawks. And that defense, he uh, leads the nation, uh, at least did at the time of me writing this article the other day, uh, with a uh, 26 cost turnovers. To this point, also has grabbed 38 ground balls. Alex Ross, we've mentioned about the Penn State defense and how they've gotten better. Jack Posey being one of the most notable players there uh, on that end. But Alex Ross, the freshman, has been phenomenal as well. Uh, has been a starter, I think, in uh, if not every game, at least the past three or four games there uh, for the Nittany Lions. Ten cost turnovers, ten ground balls. Phenomenal for him. There on the back end for the Nittany Lions. And then let's move here to a pair of goalies in VMI's Adam Norris and uh, Utah's Colin Lenskold. Also, Maryland's Brian Ruppel. Uh, the three goalies I have mentioned there who've made a really impressive, really impressive starts here to the 2023 season as freshmen. Obviously, Brian Rupel being the biggest name there, stepping into the, the limelight there, if you will, at Maryland as a freshman, being thrust into that position. 53 saves, 57% save percentage, including the uh, the uh, good old um, three-save sequence last weekend. Colin Lunsgold ha- has been very impressive here for Utah uh, 49.7% right now, so just under the 50% mark, uh, but it's been pretty solid for uh, a team that's played some really tough competition so far. Hopkins, Rutgers, both on their schedule early in the season. Vermont, like Utah's played a really tough schedule, and Lynx Gold has held up through that 79 saves thus far. Adam Norris, uh, uh, going out of VMI, 50% save percentage been a big part of VMI and their increased play this season. I believe they're four and four right now, uh, looking to surpass four wins for the first time since would that have been 2015, 16, somewhere in that time frame. It's it's been a while. Uh so VMI having a a great season and Adam Norris, the uh, freshman goalie, being a big part of that. Now moving on to some um kind of superlatives, mid-season superlatives. want to go through this real quick and go as fast as we can here uh, to, to get to. Don't want to be too long today. It's going to be a bit longer of an episode, but want to get through this quickly here. So uh, mid-season superlatives, the mid-season Twilaton Award. I, like, I think it's between three guys. Like, And like, for me right now, these are the three leaders of the, in the Twilaton race. Connor Schoenberger, Pat, uh, Pat Cavanaugh, and CJ Coast. Right now, I would give that to probably Coast, I would say, because when you look at what Cornell has done, what Notre Dame has done, what Virginia has done, they all have offenses that have shown a ton of depth. But I feel like at this point in the season, you kind of have to look at it and say, you know, Coast is a guy who is really, you know, the man for Cornell. Um, You know, Kavanaugh has 24 assists and 10 goals on the season. Schellenberger, 
has 12 goals and 26 assists. Coast has 27 goals and seven assists. He's been more of a goal scorer. I would lean on the side of Coast right now as to him being kind of the most important player for his team at the moment. That's not to say that Schoenberg and Kavanaugh are not that for their teams, but, and especially with Schoenberg, we've seen him be limited. We've seen him be, you know, taken out of games as much as you can do so, and he still plays very well. Coast, we haven't really seen taken out of a game much at all uh, besides the Penn State game uh, is really the only one. And again, he was able to get his opportunities in that one, just as Nishambo Kavanaugh does when you try to lock them off. But it does feel like Coast is probably the most important player to his team of those three um three guys I mentioned, and that doesn't mean that Schoenberg and Kavanaugh are not the most important players to their team, but I feel like with with them out of the picture, there's more to be, more than meets the eye, I guess you could say that. Now, moving on to a couple team superlatives here, we're going to go over hottest team, coldest team, riding the ship, and um, <clears throat> one that I... I I've named here, um, you know, heading for destruction. So, uh, hottest team is the team that's hottest right now. Coldest team is the team that maybe expected to start really fast, but has been very cold and is very cold right now. And then the uh, riding the ship team, maybe the, maybe the coldest team, you know, whatever that a team that started bad that is starting to turn the corner, and then uh, the Heading for destruction is a team that maybe hasn't started bad, uh, but you don't, you know, you kind of see them not imploding, but maybe not having the success that they could have. Um, so, hottest team in the country right now, I, I came down to three here Villanova, Penn State, and Hopkins. I'm going to go with Villanova. I'm going to go with Villanova. Hopkins has been phenomenal early this season. Penn State has been phenomenal early this season, but I'm going to go with Villanova. The Wildcats have now won, was it? They won on uh, Tuesday night. They beat um, Navy, and the uh, Wildcats have now extended their winning streak to six games there um, in that 16 to set, uh, yeah, 17 to 6 win. Um, look, Matt Campbell, Austin Frazier, uh, you know, Patrick Daly. This this team is has really shown a lot so far. Villanova, I thought coming into the season, I've said it here before, was a team that was more, that was arguably the most interesting in in the Big East because they did lose a ton of like transfers last year, but you had Campbell back, you had Daly back, you've got guys like Frazier and other players, Matt Licati, who've stepped up before, who are still in the mix there. You still got Will Vitton Cage. You still got Justin Coppola at the faceoff dot, who's been one of the best faceoff men in the country this season, uh, 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 thus far, by the way. And it, it, Villanova really has seemed to put it all together right now. And, uh, you know, they will enter big uh, East play here um, in, in a week or so. They play Brown on Monday night. And then I believe they uh, begin. Uh, Big East play after that 
if I'm not mistaken. Yes, they do. Brown, and they've got St. John's to begin Big East play. So uh, they've really got, I think, three, maybe four games that you can say they could lose or um, that are, like, huge. That's Brown, that is Denver, and that is Georgetown, and I'd also throw in Marquette there. I see them beating St. John's. I see them beating Providence, although Providence could be a pretty close game, could be a good one there uh, for sure with how Providence has played this season under Bobby Benson. Uh, But Villanova has just been really one of the surprise teams for me this season. I saw them being good, but I did not see them being this good. Um, And through this point in the season, sitting there with a 7-1 and record. So Villanova is my hottest team in the country. Um, Again, Penn State, Hopkins, two other teams I, I, I looked at for that spot there coldest team in the country this one also has numerous teams that you could put there princeton ohio state navy um these are all teams that started off the year pretty highly regarded i think the one that i remove out of there is princeton so because they've still they've lost four straight now i believe it is but you've seen improvement I, I have not seen improvement from Ohio State and Navy. So it's going to be one of those two um, when, when I was looking at this. And I, I, I'm going to put it on Ohio State because Ohio State, and you could also add Georgetown to this mix as well. Um, Ohio State is a team that came in the season. I thought there was going to be a point where they were the top five, you know, uh, borderline top five, top ten. And, like, they they were pretty good. They showed a lot early in the season. They went over Air Force was good. They went over North Carolina was good. Since then, they have kind of hit a wall, and I am not really sure what to expect from this program the rest of the way. It's uh, They've got to turn things around here fast. They begin Big Ten play this weekend. Uh, this team, uh, you know, that, that I thought and, and many others coming in the season – Hey, if you want to pick a pick a championship weekend dark horse, uh, Ohio State might be your team there. Uh, they're four and four. They haven't won a significant game since February nineteenth, and they lost you no know, seventeen to six to Virginia, sixteen to thirteen to Cornell, sixteen to three to Notre Dame, seventeen to twelve to Denver. They haven't been like uberly competitive in any of these games. They had a you know good ending to um, to the Cornell game, which made things look a lot closer than it was. And they had a somewhat, you know, good ending, if you will, to the Denver game over the weekend, but they've fallen flat on their face. They beat Air Force, Cleveland State, North Carolina to begin the season. They've fallen flat on their face since this. This is a good team. They've got Jack Miles. They've got, you know, Kyle Border, Ed Sheen, uh, Drew Blanchard. There's a ton of talent here. Bobby Van Buren, on, on the back end, as well as Marcus uh, Hudgens. Like, there was a ton of talent here. It just hasn't come together, and really Ohio State has seemingly fallen uh, flat on their face to this point in the season, and you hope they can ride the ship here soon. Uh, speaking of riding the ship, the team that I've picked for that spot is Georgetown. The Hoyas started uh, pretty slow this season, obviously losses to Notre Dame, uh, losses to Maryland, 
They beat Princeton in that win there back in, was that early March or late February? So they, they've they gotten some good wins. They beat High Point the way they did over the weekend. They beat Richmond, ex- escaped Richmond two weeks ago. Um, I, 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 I'm not like 100% sure that I'm saying like this team is riding the ship right now and they're going to explode here down the stretch. Um, but when you look at what the Hoyas have done, obviously uh, things are looking a lot better than they once were. You know, Tucker Dordovic, Brian Minicus have been your top two guys there offensively. Bundy, McDermott, Kelly. It seems like the, the this offense is coming together more than it ever has. Things have been a lot better on the back end uh, since they started playing Michael Schraffenberger in cage there as the starter. Obviously, you know, Will Bowen and all the talent they have on the back end. Um, and then certainly when you look at James Riley, the dot has been as advertised. So Georgetown, um, they're finding ways to get it done and finding ways to put it all together right now. And they weren't able to do that earlier in the season. Uh, heading for destruction. This team was tough to pick. This team was tough to pick. And I'm still not sure if this is the right team that I should have put here. Um, and when I say heading for destruction, I'm not saying like they're going to lose every game the remainder of the way. Um, but, I, you know, a team that I think is playing good right now, that y- you've seen some things that might tell you the ending of this season might not be as, as good as they think it, as it could be or probably should be for them. And again, I don't know if this is the correct team to pick here, but I'm going with North Carolina. Um, the Tall Heels have some good wins. Obviously, they beat John Hopkins. They beat Syracuse. Uh, they, they beat Brown, a depleted Brown team a few weeks ago. They blew out Dartmouth, and they blew out High Point the past couple of weeks. They've got Providence this weekend before they get back into ACC play to end the season. They've got Virginia, Syracuse, Notre Dame, Notre Dame. Uh, in that order to end the year. You know, I've been impressed with McGovern and Tillman and Goldsmith and have loved seeing James Matan, the freshman, jump into that mix as well, uh, as well as, you know, some guys like uh, Antonio, DeMarco, um, and and the show singers. Like, there's been some good talent here. And defensively, this team has gotten a lot better. We've talked about it a lot this season with Matt Wright and Gepper and all of that talent on that back end, Paul Barton. There's a ton of talent back there, and they've been a lot better and a lot more consistent of a defense this season holistically. Colin Krieg continues to come up big in big games for them. Um, but you look at their losses, 8-5 to five to Ohio State, 8-9, to nine, uh, excuse me, 9-8 to eight to Denver, and then 15-8 to eight to Duke. Um, not that I'm, I'm not saying that North Carolina isn't a top 20 team or they don't deserve to be there, but I kind of wonder, and, and again, like one of these teams we just mentioned, Ohio State is the coldest team in the country right now. Um, Denver seems to be getting better. I, you know, I don't know necessarily if I trust this Carolina team to finish out the season with more than maybe one or two wins. And that would be Providence and Syracuse. Now, if that would have happened, so they beat Providence, they beat Syracuse, they'd end the season with a seven 
and would that be seven and three, four, five with a seven and six record, they'd probably still get in the tournament, but they'd be a bubble team. And, you know, I, I don't know if Carolina, the way they've played in some of these games, um, if that's exactly the way that maybe you or I or anyone envisioned their season going or ending here in 2023 after what they've shown is a lot of improvement here. So uh, the, the the heading for destruction and maybe not complete destruction, but uh, North Carolina doing that. Again, I had uh, CJ Coast as my midseason 12-10 pick. I had hottest team in the country there as Villanova, coldest team in the country there as Ohio State, riding the ship, Georgetown, and heading for destruction, North Carolina. All right, folks, that is it for this whole portion of the show. Midseason superlatives are going bye-bye, and we are turning the page towards week seven here of the 2023 college lacrosse season. And once again, we've got some amazing big-time battles on the docket for this weekend's action. And the biggest one of those games is Virginia and Notre Dame. Number one versus, what is Virginia, number three right now? Number one versus number three. The two best teams in the ACC. The two best offenses in the country going toe-to-toe with each other in this contest. Now, I will say right now who I'm picking in this contest, and I am picking Virginia to win this one. Why? I think Virginia has the edge in the middle of the field, and I think Virginia has the edge at the face-off dot. Um, P.D. Osawa has been better this season than Will Lynch has. Lynch has shown improvement from his freshman year, but still, I think uh, you know Osawa should be able to handle him here on Saturday. It is also good to note the riding ability of both these teams Virginia holding their opponents to an 83.6% uh, percent clearing percentage. Notre Dame, 85% there. Uh, they're holding their opponents to. So that area is one really to watch in this game. And I think it's going to be a battle there between those two. They're both clearing the ball pretty well uh, for themselves also in this contest. Uh, but I do think Virginia probably has an edge there with some of their playmakers in the middle of the field. The place where I'm watching this game mostly, though, is offense. So when you look at Virginia, they are led by Connor Schaumer. He has 12 goals and 26 assists so far this season. Xander Dixon, 26 goals, 7 assists. Thomas McConvey, 12 goals, 16 assists. We mentioned Wasala going 58% at the dot there. For Notre Dame, Pat Cavanaugh, 10 goals, 24 assists. Chris Cavanaugh, 21 goals, 8 assists. Eric Dobson, 15 goals, 4 assists. Quinn McCann, 10 goals, 2 assists. You also have Jake Taylor has come back into the fray there as well. He has three goals over the past couple of games, uh, returning earlier this month from that injury that he suffered in the off season. Um the Irish have the number two scoring offense in college across, averaging 16.83 goals per game. Virginia has the number one scoring offense in Division One, averaging 19.14 goals per game. 
Is this going to be an offensive shootout? Is is this going to be like uh, Simone of the Maryland game that we saw from Virginia last week? Because it very well could be. These are two of the best offenses in college class, and they're going up against each other here on Saturday. This very well could be an offensive shootout, and it's going to be very interesting to see which offense is able to win their matchups and is able to get what they want more than the other. Notre Dame's defense I like better than the Virginia defense, Um, but I still think Virginia is going to be able to break through and be able to move that Notre Dame defense how they want at times, not the whole game, but I think Virginia is going to be able to get what they want when they need to do it and uh, going to be able to put up the points needed to win this one. I see Virginia winning this one like 15, 13, you know, 16, you know, um, 14. Like this is a two to three goal game in my mind. Um, And and I'm picking Virginia to win this one. I think they win, uh, but again, not by a a wide margin. Face-off dot, middle of the field, I think is where you're going to see some differences in this one. But again, the amount of goals in this game could be insane. Um, But, you know, again, anything can happen in the sport, as we know. Um, Notre Dame has been uh, very good this season throughout. They have put a punish on teams uh, uh, throughout this season. If they can do so here, um, and if they indeed do, that's going to put a – that is going to solidify for me them as the best team in the country. If Virginia gets this win, which I'm picking Virginia to do so, I think what that's going to solidify is there really is a top tier here that includes Virginia, Notre Dame, and Maryland, and possibly Cornell. So, um, again, I would not be surprised if either team wins this one, um, but I am picking Virginia. Now, moving on to the next game I want to talk about here, Army and Loyola. And we talked about Notre Dame, Virginia, the two great offenses in that one. I think this one, for me, Army and Loyola, is one about defense. So we've seen what the Black Knights have done so far this season. They've been very impressive. They have certainly impressed me more than I thought they would this season after losing so much talent a year ago, uh, beating Lehigh 12 to 10 over the weekend, passing the really first big Patriot League test. Uh, This this is another big one here on Saturday when the Black Knights uh, welcome in, I believe it is, uh, the Loyola Greyhounds. And so Loyola, as we talked about on Tuesday's show, are they backsliding defensively? I think it's difficult to say, and I think it's maybe too early to say right now. Uh, but I think, again, as I, and I'll say what I said on Tuesday, this game is going to confirm or deny a lot of things that people might believe about either of these teams. Army has been very good. The defense has been good. We've seen Reese Buick, Evan Plunkett step up there offensively for them. Obviously, Pilat there. Leading the way at close, Knox Dent, 
in cage. Army's been a lot better than I thought they would be this season, uh, a lot sooner. Loyola has been very good early on, beat Hopkins, beat Maryland, great defensive performances. They have to escape Bucknell last week. They uh, lost to Duke two weeks ago. We're going to get to see exactly what both these teams are, in a sense, on Saturday. Um, and, and I think defense is going to tell the story of this one. A, can the Loyola defense capture and maybe shut down Army the way they were able to against some of those top teams early on in the season? If not, is that a holistic, um, you know, resounding yes to the question of is the defense backsliding? I don't know if I'd say that just about one game, um, but I, I think it. I think it certainly leans in that direction, right? It would lean towards yes. Army, if they beat Loyola in this one, and especially so if they can have the performance they have had in recent weeks, uh, being a holistic approach, a really team effort, offense playing well, defense playing well. And again, the ride, the clearing and riding from this Army team past couple weeks has been very good. They held uh, Lehigh very strongly. Uh, I think it was what, 15 for 20 in the clearing game last week. So they've been very successful there in recent weeks. If they can get all of that done and – I do think, you know, I, I, I would give Will Coletti a bit of the advantage at the dot there. So um, I think we can tell a lot about Army in this game, a lot about Loyola in this game. Again, is it going to be holistic, you know, condemnation um, or, or confirmation about what you think about either team? I don't, you're not going to get that from one game. But it certainly is a big contest here uh, that's going to tell us a lot as we move further into Patriot League play and could very well have and probably will have postseason implications here in the Patriot League, Army and Loyola. I am taking Army in that contest. Another game here where I'm interested about the defenses is Penn State and Maryland. So um, Maryland. I think they can have the same defensive performance they had against Virginia. Um, I, I really think they can. I think Virginia is a lot better of an offense than Penn State is. Penn State's a great team, but Virginia's offense is a lot better. Um, I think they're going to be able to uh, really hold the Penn State offense as well as they can in this contest. I am picking Maryland in that one. Uh, the, 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 the biggest thing I'm watching, and, 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 and let, me, let me go to Penn State real quick here with their defense. Penn State, I want to see if their defense, it, like, if they take a step back in the right direction after last week, where, and really holistically for Penn State, if they take a step back in the right direction, because they took a step back last week, struggled to face off dot, struggled to strike back when they needed to. The defense couldn't really shut down uh, Marquette as well as you would have thought they could um, or as good as you would have thought they would have as well as you thought they would have. There we go. Um, so I, you really want to look at this one. And even if Penn State loses, which I think they will, um, I think showing improvement from last week 
is important to you for Penn State in this contest. Um, for, for Maryland, you know, I think the biggest thing here for me with Maryland is we know what their defense can do. We know what Wigman can do at the dot. And I think he'll have the advantage over Mullins and Vaughn, that company there. Even though they've been pretty good, they struggled last week. I think they might struggle again this week. But, you know, you hope not to the same extent there. Um, and certainly Penn State fans hope so. So, um, But with Maryland, offense. And I mentioned these two this game. I'm very interested in the defenses and how the defenses respond after what I either did a week ago, and that's true. But is the Maryland defense, I mean, Maryland offense, as they continue to get better, as they continue to get deeper, what they do and how they answer against this Penn State defense is going to be very interesting. And if they can do so in a big way, and by big way, I mean put up 15, 20 goals against Penn State, if they can get above 10, uh, 10, 12, 13, like if they can get above that realm, uh, yeah, th- th- this is going to be a big one here for Maryland, and that's going to tell us a lot about the progression, continued progression of this Maryland offense. And I am picking Maryland to win this game. Um, now, last game I want to detail kind of in depth here, Cornell and Penn. So Cornell is coming off this 20-10 to 10 win over Yale over the weekend where they absolutely crushed the Bulldogs. They won the faceoff battle. They you know, won the possession battle. They The defense shut down the Yale offense. It was a holistic approach, a holistic win here for Cornell, as we've talked about. Yale on um, Penn, on the other hand, is coming off a nine to eight loss to Princeton. Excuse me, nine to eight win versus Princeton. Excuse me, nine to eight overtime win over Princeton. Sam Hanley had was it two goals for assists in this one. His shooting has not been as good this season. Is that a product of him just taking bad shots or him not being able to get those good shots? I We'll see. And I think that's hard to pinpoint. And I think you could you could pick and choose and nitpick game by game there if you want. Short short of it is the Penn offense is getting better. And I do think Chris Arcelli um and Angelo Petrakis is gonna be a good battle at the dot. Last season, Cornell won this game because they outground balled Penn. They outhost. They you know. I think the clearing, uh, riding and clearing game was a lot better, if I'm not mistaken. That they, they won the battle in the middle of the field. They outhustled them. All of that. It was a complete outhustling of Penn in that game last season. But I'm going to see the exact same game from last year with these two teams. But I am wondering, um, and I mentioned a top tier here, right? Notre Dame, Maryland, Virginia. I want to put Cornell in that top two. I want to. The loss to Penn State made me made me think, well, maybe they're not exactly there. Maybe they're that next team down, and then there's a gap. Maybe there's a gap, Cornell, gap, and then everyone else. Maybe that's it. 
I think, and while Penn has not been the greatest team this season, they've still been very good. The defense has been good. The offense is getting better. While Sally's been strong at the dot, they've been very good in the middle of the field and being able to do play the game they can play, right? And, you know, certainly with uh, Gagal out, they've been a bit more midfield heavy driven, however you want to say it. Um, you know, we've seen Ben Smith. He had, what, four goals last week getting back into kind of his late season rhythm, maybe there offensively for the Quakers. So there's certainly been a lot. There's a lot to like uh, in terms of improvements and changes for this Penn team. Um, And this is a team that does change and improve as the season goes on, maybe more than any. Um, So am I expecting a close game here? I think probably so. Um, but if not, it's going to be because of Cornell is outplaying Penn and it won't be the other way around. And I am picking Penn, excuse me, I am picking Cornell to win this game. I think they are holistically a better team here. Um, and I think they are going to be able to take this one and get that victory there on Saturday, actually Sunday, when this game will be played um a couple other games i want to mention here before we get out uh so yale and princeton both teams looking to bounce back here princeton obviously looking to get back in the win column for the first time since the manhattan game which that seems like a decade ago now um princeton trying to get back in the win column yale trying to uh, you know get back and you know I assume Yale's practice has been very tough this week um, after losing the way they did to Cornell. Um, I think they're probably going to come out filing in this one. I don't have this game on my official like panel's picks of the week, but I am thinking Yale's probably going to win this one. Um, not necessarily good for Princeton and if Princeton fans, but I think uh, Yale – Bouncing back is kind of what you have to expect in that one. Um, some other Big Ten games here. Hopkins and Michigan play at 7 p.m. on Saturday night. And then Rutgers and Ohio State play same time on Sunday night. So two under the lights, big battles there in the Big Ten. Uh, Georgetown and Lehigh, a very good non-conference contest uh, that uh, I think is going to be very interesting between those two. Georgetown looking to get back, continue to right the ship, if you will. Lehigh looking to get back on the track after losing to uh, Army last week. St. Joseph's and Duke. I don't know how good of a game this is going to be, but it piques my interest. It it really, really piques my interest, too. St. Joseph's obviously uh, has had kind of a tough run here lately. You know, lost to Drexel, which is one one of the most surprising results over the past month or so. Uh, They did beat St. John's last week. We'll see if they can get another one here on uh, Saturday and what would be their biggest win of the season there against Duke. Uh, Syracuse and Hobart, traditional rivalry game, always got to circle that one. Uh, Expect Syracuse to take it, but Hobart's a pretty good team this season as well. UMass and Brown, a little New England battle there between those two. They're 1 p.m. on Saturday. and then. The one Ivy League game that I think might be the, I don't know, is this the most important Ivy League game of the week? Dartmouth or most intriguing? Dartmouth and Harvard. 
Dartmouth is 5-1. and one. They're looking to get their first Ivy League win since, what, 2015, I believe it is. Harvard looking to get a win here. Uh, I believe it's the – is it the Ivy opener for both of these teams? No, no, no. Harvard beat Brown last week. So Harvard looking to get another win here in Ivy League play, go 2-0 in league play here on Saturday against Dartmouth. And that is going to be an incredibly – Interesting one there. I uh, believe it could be a pretty close one also. Scanning over the uh, the uh, schedule here, just to look for a couple others, if you want to mention any here. Interesting contest. Um, LIU Siena could be interesting. UMass Lowell Bryant, a... Uh, Battle two new head coaches there. Uh, I don't see any real other ones here. Uh, Quinnipiac Marist, you know, maybe keep your eye on it. Towson Fairfield, Vermont, Albany. Uh, but really not a ton, like super duper interesting games this weekend outside of the ones that we already mentioned. Obviously, some big contests here. The headline the weekend, uh, as always. And uh, going to be an exciting one, especially Virginia Notre Dame. I've been waiting for this one. I think we've all been waiting for this one for a number of weeks now. And uh, going to be exciting uh, there on Saturday when that clock strikes noon and we see those teams go to battle uh, against each other for the first time this season. And what could be uh, one of two uh, meetings that we see those two teams, just as last weekend could have been one of two meetings that we see between Virginia and Maryland. You could say the same thing about Maryland and Notre Dame. I mean, just anytime those three, either of those three get together, especially this season and this era, it's, it's been exciting, and, and you got to get excited for that one. All right, folks, that is it for today's episode. As always, you can connect with us on social media, at Lacrosse Bucket on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can listen to the Lacrosse Bucket podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcast, you can also watch on YouTube as well. Make sure to hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, and leave the five-star reviews where you can. All of those ways help us grow the show, lacrossebucket.com, where it's always lacrosse season.